no rehab. Not for our friend Amy, but she's dead now. Yeah, she. I think she probably should have went for... <laughs> well, and that's what I learned. Um, one of the girls that I nanny for, who is just a doll, um, she was listening to the song Rehab, and her mom, she's, I think, nine now or ten, and her mom said, do you know what that song's about? And she was like, yeah, um, she was doing too many drugs, and they wanted to put her in a place, and she said no, and I'm like, Wow. wow, you know, at that age. And then I said, oh, well, you know, but Amy Winehouse, she was doing all these drugs. And that's when the mom told me, she's like, she died of alcoholism. And I'm like, no, nah. she's like, she died of a heart attack because she was consuming so much alcohol. I didn't think that that was, a, I didn't think that was a possible thing. Oh yeah, alcohol can kill you. I mean, we've said this so many times before about things in moderation, right? you know, and that's, that's what it, I mean, she took it to the next level. That's what happened, you know? And it's unfortunate. It really is, because you hear about people ODing on like, you know, drug, like heroin and stuff, but alcohol is actually one of the scariest yeah. things to Absolutely. get. It's hard to get off of. It's really hard. It's like, the only thing you can die from withdrawal. With everything else, you'll feel like you're gonna die, but alcohol is the only thing with, with withdrawal yeah, can actually, actually die. die. Yeah. So I, um, I drank a lot in college. I was, um, I hung out with uh, my then boyfriend who became my husband. He was the president of his fraternity. It was a white fraternity, he was black, didn't matter. <laughs> I am a girl and I hung out with him all the time. And I drank, I mean, I was drinking like, I don't know, I'm gonna guess. Cause I would shotgun beers. I'm gonna say I was drinking about 18 beers a night, like 18 Natty Lights. Yeah. And at the time I was in college and I was a dance minor and I was pushing 150 pounds, I was about 148 or whatever. But I was working out all all the time and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, why, why am I Why am I so big right now when I work out so much? And it's just that the calorie intake alone of the 18 beers a night I was drinking, and these were like natty lights. So it wasn't like, you know, now I have four IPAs and I'm tossed because it's higher alcohol. It's, I don't even know how many calories are in that, but I, Okay, so I was hanging out with all these guys. I was, I was really good at shotgunning beers, and it was like a game, like, oh, look, pink, shotgun a beer. It's so funny. And then beer bonging, all of that. I was very, very good at it. I excel, I excel at drinking. I'm very good at it. Uh, but when we started getting older and we were out of college, I was still friends with the same guys who were in that fraternity because my husband moved on. He kept the same friends, and they did football. They all got season tickets for the Chargers together, and they were doing all this. And there's one friend who was like, he used to be so much fun in the life of a party and just a really nice guy. And then there was this woman that he met and he decided to marry her. And I told him, I wrote him a letter. I was like, don't marry this lady. She's, your life is gonna be ruined. And he was like, no, I think I love her. I think this is it, this is it, this is the one. And then like shortly after the wedding, they had their first kid. And then they ended up having two kids after that. And he hit his alcoholism so well he was drinking, he finally got in trouble for it because he was drinking out of a water bottle at work and it was vodka oh, and he was like bouncing down. He, he, he wanted to be a dentist, he ended up selling insurance. So he married this woman who was like not nice. He had a bunch of kids that he, I'm sure he loves his kids now, but, and he was living this life selling insurance that was just making him so unhappy that he was constantly drinking vodka. He had one in the car, he had one under his bed, he had one at work in the drawer and so when everybody finally found out and he's like hey i'm an alcoholic we were like nah 
And he was like in that withdrawal thing, like where he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he had to have that bottle of vodka under the bed because he'd start seizuring. But the thing that brought him there was that he was so depressed because his life was so not what he wanted it to be. And like, is that like where so much of our drinking stems from? Is like, yes. I just, it, I'm not happy. But see, it's different for me. For me, it's different for you because you're social. I'm, I, I, this is I, what, you, what you're doing because the majority of your days are spent with working at the station, doing your comedy. And it's, it, it's it's mostly social. It's not because like you know I I went to a Christian school and I'm mad so I'm going to keep drinking or I don't you know I don't get along with my parents so I'm going to drink. No, it's because the fact of the matter is what you're doing you the environment that you're in is social, yeah. and so that's I mean that's that's part of what it is. You know just like how I bartend that's part of what it is. You know so it but what you're talking about with your friend that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people go through, but they're in denial because again, like I was talking about, like how people are, you know, he conformed, right? That's the problem. The people who try to conform, you know, go to college, get married, have kids, sell have insurance, sell insurance, buy a house, buy a house. I mean, there's so many unhappy stories of like that conformity. Get a, where, get a GMC suburban thing. Yeah, exactly. Those people are <laughs> that suburban life. A lot of those people are miserable. That's yeah. why they pop pills and they drink and they hide it really well. Absolutely. Until, until the point where you can't hide it anymore. Right. Because they conformed and they're now miserable. And I'm not saying that's their fault or anything else. I think it's society that says, well, this is what you're supposed to do in order to be successful. And you, you're you a robot, so do it. And they do it, and look what happens. And then they're not happy, and then they have to break outside the See? box. Speaking of not happy, so Amy Winehouse's death was listed as a coroner by death of misadventure, uh, and her blood alcohol content was 0.416. When I blew, after my car got flipped uh, three times and they dug me out and they they gave me a breathalyzer, I was at .153. And that was four hours after my last drink. Yeah, like she, they said that uh, the unintended consequences of such a potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. It's a heart attack from death of misadventures. Your body just goes... There's so much booze in here, we're just shutting down. Well, yeah, we can't target, breathe anymore. Fuck you, get out. <laughs> I, I had a friend who died in San Diego because he was drinking with um, Vicodin. He had taken like 12 oh. Vicodin and he was drinking whiskey. He had like 12 shots of whiskey and 12 Vicodin and he died. He had a, his body forgot how to breathe. It just was like, okay, bye. Oh yeah. my God. There, there's, there's been a ton of stories like that. I know one guy who... Uh, drinking and took pills and he was so sedated that he like rolled over like face down on the couch and like, he ended up smothering himself <gasps> so fucked up that he couldn't get out Whoa. of yeah. Jesus. So yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to fucking lose with this shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially it's like, one thing, like you said, if you're drinking to have fun, hang out with people, or if you're drinking because you have a water bottle full of vodka at your insurance office. Yeah. Or because you have to dress up like Chuck E. Cheese and be around the kids. <laughs> well, that would kind of be a fun job. The drunk mouse is back. <laughs> Dead mouse. Um, the worst consequences that I, like, have from getting too drunk, and, and it only happens when I don't eat dinner, 
and then I get too drunk, and then I, I don't even throw up anymore. But the, the biggest one, and Poji said this never happens to him. I, we were in the car the other day, and you're like, I can't believe someone does that. I've peed in strange places before. Uh, I've peed in plants, in hotel rooms, thinking that it was the bathroom. I've been woken up by people in a hotel room saying, that's not the bathroom, Pam. Peeing in a plant, that's happened to me. Uh, I've, I've peed in the bed. You know, that happens sometimes. Uh, but what I usually do now, Blackout Pam is smarter than, smarter than she thinks. Uh, so what happens now is if I come home and I know I'm so drunk, and I'll even sometimes pee first, but if I sleep on the floor, on the carpet, with like my hair, head's kind of buried in my hands, I tell Jonathan, my boyfriend, don't, don't move me. Don't pick me up. Don't take my pants off. Those are a sponge to wick up the urine, <laughs> you see. Don't think you're not helping by taking off my pants, okay? Because Blackout Pam is smarter than you. And she knows that she's probably going to pee. Don't put me in bed. Don't do that. No pee bed. No, don't do it. Don't want to have to because I've woken up. I woke up once and I think I, I don't know if it was Jonathan or drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. And I looked at him and I'm like, who just peed in the bed? Did you just do that? And they're like, okay, fam, that was totally you. And then I'm like, ah, and I'm trying to like deal with all the sheets and wash them in the, <laughs> wash them in the tub, get all the hot water going. And then I'm like, then I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, fuck. Right. Oh, but no. so if I'm ever, if you ever come across me in my house on the floor sleeping. Don't touch her. Don't touch. It's go- just leave me. Go sleep in my bed because there's not going to be any pee in it. It's going to be way better. Like, this is, it's, this would be a good reason why to wear it depends. And here's here's a ridiculous thing. I have a lot of baby diapers in my house, and um, so I use them more for like if I'm having my period, and I don't want to. I don't like sticking things in me when I'm sleeping. I don't. It's just weird. Unless I can't deal with it. Unless it's your boyfriend. Not relatable. Not really. But if you, I'll, I'll put the baby. I'll put the. I'll put the diaper down, and I'll kind of sleep on the diaper so that I bleed on the diaper, and then in the morning just kind of wipe it up. Sure. Um, but I should I should do that if that ever happens again. And I wonder really the absorbency of a diaper. If is it enough to get all? I mean, because I peed in the cat box before, and I really decimated an entire. Like <laughs> it's more pee than you think it is. Like yeah. the cat pee is little pee. I wasted a lot of litter, clumping <laughs> litter by peeing in the cat box. Mistake. I think it, I, I've worn a pen before, so I think you're fine. <laughs> my, my I played a lot of role-playing computer games in the basement, which didn't have the bathroom at the time, so I peed in a lot of empty milk jugs and uh, various things. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fan of the piss jug. As tell, a the story, tell the story about um, why you couldn't can't play fo- couldn't play football anymore in high school and the uh, art group. Yeah, so I was a, a drunk sophomore story. in high school, and uh, I, I was a troublemaker. And uh, I was in my art class, and the like the way it was set up for finals was you would have like uh, I believe it was two classes a day, so they were half days, but each class was two hours long. So you'd go to one two-hour class, twenty-minute break, two-hour class. And I was playing football, and uh, I was in poor shape for a class. But she was like, "Look, Steve," <clears throat> she's like, "I know you like football. You might not be into painting and sculpting, and that's fine. So what I need you to do is you're gonna come in on the final." You're gonna help me clean this room. You're not gonna leave. You're not gonna be create a disturbance. I'll give you a C. You can pass me to play football. Said, All right, great. So again, water bottle full of vodka. Oh wow. 
Uh, I brought that in, and after my first one, I'm like, I don't have anything to do for two hours. Fuck it. I was bored right before I even got there. So I pounded this bottle of vodka in 20 minutes with this juice. Like, because we had a juice machine. That was when, like, they first started doing, like, the we need healthy alternatives. Fruitopia? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I get the juice and I, I fucking slam this water bottle down and I'm feeling fucking great. Get to art class and I'm cleaning and singing and having a good old time. And uh, sure enough, I've got to pee. So I'm like, I'm like her name was Miss Braun. I'm like, Miss Braun, I, I, got, I got to go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. She was like, no, you are not leaving this classroom. You're not leaving my site. You're staying in here for the whole two hours. I was like, no, I really have to pee. And she's like, it's too bad. I'm not getting out. So we had this little drawing room with a sliding door, and I have these empty water bottles. <laughs> so I get a, a, this knucklehead who I knew, and I have him watch the door, and I go in there and start peeing into this bottle. But again, when you're drunk, you pee way more than you really anticipate, because alcohol is also a diuretic. So I'm like filling up this water bottle. Next thing I know, I hear the door to the drawing room slide open, and then I hear the teacher start screaming, He's playing with himself. He's playing with himself. Call security. No. He's playing with himself. And I come out of there. Like, I don't even get to tuck my dick back into my pants. I just got to zip him up, pinch it off. And I'm like, what's going on, everybody? I ain't doing shit. Oh, and I hand the bottle of pee off to the guy who was supposed to wash the door who failed. And he throws it in. Back his... to the pee. This is where the pee comes from. He throws it into the backpack, but uh, I didn't tighten the cap on the bottle. Oh, God, no. So he got pee all over oh, his God. backpack and all over his stuff. Oh, Enjoy that, yeah. Richard Rains. And uh, he got pissed so off. then <laughs> she calls up the security. She's like, I need someone to come up here. Uh, I got a student in the class who's masturbating. And so oh. the security comes up on their little golf carts. And of course, I know all the security officers because I've been troubled nonstop. And so the guy's like, his name was Joe, and he was so cool. He was like, dude, you were jerking off in the class. And I was like, no, man, it was really hot. I was just adjusting myself. My boxers were all wedged up. He wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And he's like... Oh, you smell like vodka. I was like, I've got a pack of gum. He was like, all right. So I put every piece from that pack of gum. It was like one of those big extra trident things. <laughs> and I've got this fishing lure full of gum in my mouth. And I'm in there and I'm talking to the principal. And he's like, dude, like this is like 45 minutes till the end of the school year. What the fuck? And I'm like, man, it was hot. You know, my shit was all bunched up. and wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. And I said, fuck it. I'll go in the laundry room and just you know, straighten my shit out. And uh, so then this cop had to come in and like oh investigate me for like some sort of like sexual crime in a public school campus kind of what? thing. And uh, he's like, he's like, you know, ask me all this stuff. Like, you know, do you do you have urges to masturbate frequently? <laughs> and all this stuff. And then finally, I was just like, I was like, officer, look, man. I was like, I just got really fucking drunk and then I had to pee and then she wouldn't let me out of the classroom. And so I tried to pee in this bottle and she fucking busted me and caught me inside of a jerk. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. And then he goes back and he's like, no, because the kid wasn't masturbating. He's like, we're more than 100% confident in that. Just had to adjust himself or whatever. But since I got kicked out of that classroom, she failed me for that class. Oh. And then I became ineligible for the junior year football season. Tutored and, in like varsity. Yeah, so then I, uh, I practiced the whole year through the team. And then finally, like after the first quarter when grades get like semi-reported, I was eligible again. So I'm practicing all week leading up and it turned out to be like our homecoming game. And I'm finally back on the field. I'm finally starting. The game's Friday night. Wednesday, my grandmother dies. I have to fly out to Missouri. 
And then the godmother who I was living with at the time calls up and goes, I can't handle living with a teenager. He's not coming back. And I never got to play. Oh, my God. Again, but I practiced every single day. And I still have my football helmet because all my gear was with my buddy. And they kind of hawked over my shoulder pads and everything else like that. But he saved the helmet for me. So I saw that's so bittersweet. And I never played again. And I want to play with other people. And why is Steve Poggi going through sobriety? Uh, <laughs> it seems that this has been, I mean, I know you're 30 now, so that was half your life ago. 31, February 25th, 32. We're getting old. You're, uh, uh, sure you are. Yeah. Aging yeah. graceful. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. I didn't start drinking till I was like, I mean, I drank because my parents always drank, but it would be like a sip of dad's beer or they'd be like, would you like to have a glass of wine at Christmas? And I was so Christian that I didn't, I didn't do it. There was, there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. <laughs> and so I would hang out at this one house and they would like be cool with drinking. And I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, I had a couple cup of, cups of eggnog, you know? Right. But I didn't really drink in high school. And then I got to college and I was like, I found my thing. College turns you up. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed. And I love drinking and smoking. And I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being like super stick in the mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, you, you know, there was that one almost rape, but other than that, it was really... <laughs> almost. They didn't well, I didn't get raped because the, I was... The thing is that I've I'm, I've always been like, I, hung out, I hang out with dudes. Like, right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes. It's just been the way it is. And comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes and I just hang out with them. And I've always been that way. I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys. Like, that's kind of what I do or what I enjoy doing. And I seem to be able to relate to them and deal with it frack guys and I think I don't usually have girlfriends you know I have a couple close girlfriends but mostly I hang out with dudes uh so oh I'm high now by the way <laughs> so that that shit is hitting me the CBD and the THC are being synergistic roaring up out of you they're synergistic but oh so this is this is the rape story so I was really good friends with all like the guys we'd hang out and we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break and it was the girls and we were staying in this one place and then there were the guys and they were staying like next door and we were all having a lot of fun and I was like I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes and some of them were really cool and well and one of them wasn't and so I was wasted like tequila wasted like in Rosarito Mexico wasted and this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs and he was trying to get my clothes off and I was out and like um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, cars. They sell cars in San Diego. Oh, so it's like the McCune family. He came upstairs and he saved me. He was like, What the fuck are you going to do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, You're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And, um, and he saved me from, a ra- which could have been a potential gang rape because, I mean, it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito. Right. And there's right. drunk bitch upstairs. I mean, it could have wow. been it could have been really bad. But one of the guys wasn't a dick. And isn't that so That's, nice? Wow. 
just takes that, one. It just takes one. Because that could have altered your whole experience, you know. What I'm oh saying? yeah, yeah, yeah you know, definitely. It would have been that would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college. Yeah, well, especially if they were drunk and they were like, "All right, guys, she knows we got to kill her." All right, that's, <laughs> our lives are at stake here. Oh my god. I don't think I think that they. I don't know. That's what you do with drunk girls, isn't it? In fraternities, you find them and then they're wasted and then you all have sex with them. That's what happens, right? In fraternities. Yeah. I, I mean, I just. <laughs> I, I never went. I skipped that institution. I uh, I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is this is some bullshit. This is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime Rapey before. stuff. It's a lot of hormones yeah, getting mixed in with Yeah, it's just like, and the and thing is, and then we're high school girls on top of that, so that's even like, oh, uh, yeah, like you're definitely prey. That's and strawberries in the fruit salad yeah. right there. <laughs> It, you know, I, I've never, I, I've always been afraid of frat parties after having seen what was going on. And look, I went to art school, so we didn't have fraternities. Right. But well, we went, I went to UCSD, so they were all smart guys. So that's the thing is, I was like, oh, smart guys, they must all not be rapists. I, I don't trust. But them. I think it, it goes across uh, all, and 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 it, you, just because you're going to college doesn't mean you're intelligent. Although, UC San Diego was kind of like a. Smarty pants. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, like, like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude, and then, like, the uh, the, the beta males, the, the, like, lesser dudes, think that, like, oh, well, since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then, because I'm better than him. And, like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit, like, people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the... the so when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like, woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday. Fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> well, at least you. <laughs> Sobriety. Yeah. yeah, I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. <laughs> had me drop her off at the gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do, and just <laughs> drank it till my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. There's, Happy twenty-one, dude. Nice. This, this is why they should lower the drinking age. I think to eighteen. Well, yeah. I really. Do. I'm sorry if you're able to go to war and kill people. You I should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because well, that's going to fuck you up, so yeah. why not fuck yourself up? <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as, as an introductory sort of drug as opposed to, like, it's a gateway drug. Well, alcohol is a gateway drug. Alcohol, Any, anything oh, yes. is Prozac is a gateway drug. Fucking... Yeah. All of it's a gateway drug, and Oxygen. vitamins. Vitamins are a gateway drug. Are you fucking kidding me? Getting people used to the concept of taking something besides like a food substance. Like we've made this pill for you. Yeah. Here, kids, take your vitamins. Here, kids, take exactly. your vitamins. That's just totally a way of like an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs. Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore. Conform. I used to take. I used. I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. 
But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're, <laughs> they're a way to control. They're mind yeah. control to me. Sure, sure. And I honestly... Though I'm a bartender, I do feel that out of everything drug-wise, I think alcohol is like one of the worst. Yeah. It is one of the worst. It, but it's so you don't okay. Black out. You don't it's black so out okay. on marijuana. It's, yeah. I've never smoked so much weed that I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't remember. Any, oh, yeah. I just talked to Mike about you know, Walgreens. <laughs> I mean, exactly. you still people, you still have people. But it's in not society. a blackout. Yeah, there's a black year out. Well, you still have people in society that talk about marijuana like it's so evil, but they will drink like a 12 pack. Yeah, and I'm just like, you hypocrisy. you make no sense. You make no sense. How dare you talk about marijuana that way? Yeah. Here, and I'm gonna give, and I'm gonna give them some Alta California botanicals. It's uh, we're at the we're at the top of the hour, so we're gonna do tell you guys that you're listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, downloading this podcast, or if you're listening live. You guys aren't. I told you to call in. If you have your own sobriety failed or uh, successful attempts... Call in anonymously and just get something off your chest. Were you like an asshole sometime? Fucking, you're talking to the gang assholes. We get you... We'll get you right. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Call us from work, Ruby Gill. Yeah, call us. Talking to you. Let us know how yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the other that thing I think about too is like before. Like with with like the drugs that really fuck you up, like alcohol or cocaine. Once you start doing the drug, you want to do more, more of the drug. Like, yeah. there's been plenty of times where I've smoked pot and then I've just been like, Ugh, I'm good, man. I'm just gonna fucking sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, I don't I don't want any more. But like when you're on acid, usually you're not like, I want more acid. Now. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. When you're on acid, you're like, oh my God, I want to just survive this and get this wolf to stop singing Christmas carols. Oh, fuck. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but if you're on cocaine, you don't want to stop You doing. do not want to stop that party. Oh, I hate cocaine so much. It turns me into the. I did cocaine for a little bit, and I stopped, not because it was cost prohibitive and not because. It wasn't ubiquitous and not because it was damaging my life in any way other than I became an intolerable asshole when I was on it. Like, I already sort of have a healthy ego and self-esteem and have an ability to talk about myself that surpasses normal human beings. But on cocaine, I think that I'm a fucking genius. That every word, syllable, sound that drips from my honeyed lips is true from the gods to you. Lucky you. And then you get to hear it. Oh, and I know everything about everything. It is the egotistical drug. I actually like it. Oh, it makes me such... (laughs) I I feel like such an asshole the next morning that I don't ever want to do that again because it is... I must be intolerable for other people. I I usually like when I'm on it, I just usually speed talk or dance. Uh, But I always get ideas. Like, I'm like, hey, you should start selling your paintings in Paris. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, it's just like, and now you have this idea of, like, selling something and and doing it. And, like, we can do it. And, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Another snort. And then, yeah. And so, like, and it's just Uh. like... And it's just like, I love this song. Let's dance. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm going to speak to my mom. You're going to say yes to uh, my mom. Sean Rouse, who will be coming to San Francisco to perform comedy when Dave Attell is here, whenever Dave is going to be here, he uh, he has some great jokes where he's, 
uh, he's talking about crank. He's like, you ever oh. tried crank before? Yeah. That shit makes you a crackhead immediately. <laughs> he's like, you do one line of crank, you come up with all these weird business ideas. Like, let's get a puppy and sell it for a profit. Like, nobody wants to buy it. He's like, well, we'll get a puppy, then we'll shave him. Then we'll sell him for a profit. And uh, his other one was like, he's like, I don't know what to tell these kids. And I'm not, I'm not doing Sean Rouse's jokes justice here, so Google search him, but he's like, I, I have to tell these kids, you know, like if you're going to be drinking and driving, you got to get cocaine. Stay <laughs> He's like, is nobody telling the children how to do this correct? Keep them alert. Yeah, I, I, um, but I did a lot of cocaine in, when I was lived in San Diego and I was going back and forth from L.A. a lot. And if you're in L.A. traffic and it's nighttime and you're not on cocaine, you're the only one, okay? <laughs> Everyone else is on it. I was too. <laughs> one more Sean Rouse joke. He's talking about a buddy of his smoking a joint that was dipped in formaldehyde. Oh, God, the PCP, and the then, fake uh, PCP. He, said, he, he goes, I talked to the guy the next day, and he goes, the guy was started freaking out. He said all these demons came to show up and uh, drag him off to hell and... After that, he was so scared that, uh, you know, he didn't do drugs anymore, and he just went to church, and he was like, what a horrible drug. I was like, could you imagine that? You wake up, and you're like, you know it's a bad drug when you do it, and then you wake up, and you're like, I have a belief system now. <laughs> That's so funny. That's how Salvia made me feel. Oh, I hate that Dude, shit. I, yeah, I felt like my bottom jaw shot through my skull. And I, the first time I smoked that shit, I was driving. <laughs> oh, I was are you driving. Kidding? No you way. You talked to the aliens while you were driving. I was driving. That's insane. And I had That's a, really uh, dangerous. I had this piece Ew. of metal that came off this thing that, like, you go fishing, you stick it into the ground, and then you hook the fish's lip and keep them in the water so they stay fresh or whatever until you're done. And I took the little ring out, and then I took a socket, and I duct taped that around, and I, like, went to, like, a public bathroom and took a screen out of the sink and put that in there. And I packed it, so it was like a fat one-hitter. Packed it full of salvia. I'm driving my 1987 Chevy Caprice Classic. I got the fiance. <laughs> my buddies are in there. And I take it, and I hit it, and I hold it in, and I blow it out. And like I was like, I can't. I got to pull. Oh, no. And then I was like, we got to pull, pull. And I like pulled into Target. I parked in like three spots. And then I got super pissed off at everyone. I'm like, we gotta go to Target pretending we didn't do drugs. <laughs> and I'm like trying to walk in and I couldn't. I was like falling down. Dude, it was so that, bad. the first time I did it, I we were watching Empire Strikes Back and they, they were jumping out of the screen. And so like, I'm going around in circles in my living room. Like, Steve, what the fuck is this shit? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this to me? Oh my God. Like. The creatures, they're coming out of the TV. It was really weird. And then I lived on the third floor. So I kept looking at the TV and then looking at the window and looking at the TV. I'm like, I should jump out of this window. Anytime that I'm so high and I'm talking about jumping out of the window. Yeah, I'm not doing that shit anymore. I wanted to literally jump out the do, window. Do, but you remember, do you both remember the entire time? Like you were, you, you never got taken to the other place. I remember like the Dude. emotions and feelings. Luckily, I never did enough of that shit to like, it was the thing is I wasn't there. I wasn't lucid. I got for whatever. I guess it was only like eight minutes or whatever. I wasn't there. It was like, I, and I knew where I was because I remember it all vividly. But it was in with the space and the and the tsunami string and the and the Technicolor tsunami string on the ch kids playground and them telling me come on, and people being sucked into the sky and like Whoa. I'm like I'm not going. But <laughs> I guess that 
in real life, I sat on the top of the sofa and they were worried I was going to fall off and there were some things. I, but I don't, I woke up sitting on the sofa and I was like, oh. And, and they were like, are you okay? I was like, I'm, I'm here now. You and, thought you went, ooh, you went well, to the other Well, I came back. They wanted to take me with them and I said, no. But the thing is that I was like in such, I, in such an outer body experience that I wasn't in the, I wasn't there. Wow. I, I'm telling you, it was like it was this big playground, and I climbed to the top of this one of those old school ones with the triangles, you know, like the when you were little and the triangles of. Yeah. Of, and there was like a swing set over here, and the, I remember the ground like, and I was sitting on top of it with somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but they got sucked into the spaceship. Oh, it like this huge tsunami of like it was like there's this spaceship up there, and they were pulling everything on strings. And they were trying to get, and I was pushing against the wave of tsunami strings, and 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 they kept saying, "Hey, Pam, it's all a con- nothing you believe is real. It's all a construct. Come with us. Everything's cool. Just just it. Everything you believe is nothing. Come with us. We're going. We're going in the spaceship right now. You're coming with us, right?" And I was like, "I am not going in your spaceship." It was wise for you not to go on that spaceship because you probably wouldn't want elsewhere. I, maybe that's the light. That is. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Come I'm like with us. salvia, but everybody who's taken it, everyone else who's taken it has had, they knew where they were. Like they knew that they were themselves where they were. I knew that I was myself where I was, but I wasn't in that room. And I've never hallucinated like that before. The biggest oh. hallucination I ever had was off the fucking nightmare juice. Oh, Because oh, it's like, you know, whenever you get drunk and you get like the spins? Yeah. I like. At one point, like it was like being on like a merry-go-round that was going viciously, and my out of body, like I felt like my soul was getting kicked out of my body, and I was like getting pulled back, and I could look down and see myself just sleeping there. Oh. And I had to like use all my strength to like force my soul back into my body, and then I. <laughs> so I don't know if it was like some intense weird dream that I was having while I was all <laughs> fucked up, dude. I tell you what, that stuff reacted very poorly with me. <laughs> I'll never do salvia again. I'll never no, do. That's I'll not. never do. I'll never do DMT. I'll never DMT do DMT. I will like, in like a shamanistic type ritual, and like I will never do bath thing. salts. I'll never do bath. Salts. I'll never do oh, bath man. salts ever again. Oh, again? You again? Did, you've done you it. You did them once. You've yes. done it. Oh, you have to tell us about bath salts. Oh What's my god, it was terrible. Story? You have to. T- I, that's right. It was fucking t- my. Okay, Steve again. The guy that gave me a salvia. Not me, by the way. No, not that. My <laughs> friend, different person. Different from Steve. Missouri. He's my boy, but he is a fucked up Korean. He, he, he gave us basalts. He was. We were going to this Johnny Walker tasting. So it was like six of us. So we're like, Steve's like, hey guys, since we can't get any cocaine, I got some basalts, and we're like, basalts. What, what? This is before the whole eat your face. I was gonna thing. say, geez. before the eat your face thing in Florida, and so basically. You know, six of us, so we all do the bath salts, we all snort, and it's like a hard, harsh, like, it's so harsh going up your nose. It's, it's painful. It's almost like, I don't know, I, I've never did meth, but I guess that's what meth would like feel like. Like a burning kind It's of? a burning sensation in your nose. Oof. And so we're we're on our way there, and we're just all, all six of us are just feeling funny, with the exception of that motherfucker, Steve. He's he just take like, it? No, he did. Oh, He's okay. just a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but... So we're at the tasting and one of the dudes, you know, he's talking about Johnny Walker and it's like in a big like place and all of us are looking at each other 
and we're just all like this and moving around like you can tell we were crack well you guys can't see it obviously but <laughs> right. we look crackish they were in a they were on a dance we team. were crackish were and twitch pop and dance we were starting team. to sweat oh, and yes. you know we sweat were like out. tyrone biggums seriously <laughs> like, how did it feel what was the like the fi- it was so speedy and you were agitated speedy and it was like you we were pissed off Really? We were was there any off. hallucinations? There was no, no. It's just it's all speed. It's just so much speed, and and you you feel this ego, but you feel like a monster. Like I want to re- rip his face off. And, but like we're all mad at Steve because like it's like having bad drugs basically. It was yeah. just It's terrible. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. And then we decided to do more. Oh. <laughs> why? And, why? And after that, it just goes downhill. There was some arguing and uh, some like tears. It was like a wave of emotion, but weird, and agitated mo- emotion. Johnny Walker. I mean, drinking. And then whiskey. we were drinking scotch. I mean, yeah. everyone cries when they drink How scotch. Classy. I mean, that's just pretty. Cries. You know, you got people like nice looking formal and like we look crackish. Right. <laughs> you just twitching like, and sweating. Twitching <laughs> and sweating. <laughs> yes. yes. I felt like a to- And then and it, I could not sleep. I was like, Ugh. just, it was terrible. And I was like, still agitated. And I started cleaning stuff. And I'm like, this is almost as bad as meth. Because that is what it is. It's synthetic meth, y'all. It's synthetic it's meth. Synthetic meth. <gasps> but I, Stop I, it. That and might be the old one. The what new it one's is? like meth and LSD combined. Like, that's where the face eaters come from. Yeah. I, with, is, it, these are the things that they manufacture in China. And they're just like, one and it's legal. thing off. One and little so it's molecule. Legal. It's fucking one legal. That shit molecule is off. Weird. That sucks. It is. That it is like the worst come com down ever. But that's what. But then people want to do it. The kids will do whatever. The kids are so bored. That's why meth is a problem in the mid in the Midwest, right? Because and like, here. and, and here. here well, because kids get bored. Yeah. I mean, there's and they. There's a big meth problem like on the West Coast. But I think there's a big meth problem everywhere, everywhere. man. Everywhere heroin I go, is, they're like, we're the king of meth. He- know, heroin is, is the East Coast, though. Yeah. Well, heroin. actually, heroin now is coming in more because. Uh, you see it more with the pharmaceutical like stuff that they get some hooked. Right, the oxycontin. Yeah. yeah, another thing I will not touch. I, I got a little hooked on those. Not bad, but like I actually had like an injury. And then I found that if I took more than the prescribed dosage, I felt great. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I got into those for a minute. And then I, I didn't realize it was a, like a problem until... A buddy of mine like broke his hand in the party, and I was all excited, like, "Dude, you're gonna get some pain pills, man!" You should kick me one or two, and he's like crying, his bones sticking out of his hand. Oh I'm like, "Dude, it's gonna be good, man! It's really? gonna be good. This is awesome. Really? I can't believe it. you're so lucky, dude." Oh, you're yeah. the god. Sobriety. Those were talking. Dude, that shit fucking tears you up. Sobriety is the condition of not having any measurable levels or effects from mood-altering drugs. Yeah, see, so technically, it's like I'm not riding sober because I still have CBD and. No, sobriety is continued abstinence from psychoactive drug use. Sobriety is also considered to be the natural state of a human being. That's a given good way at to birth. Put it, a natural state. I haven't been in a natural state since I was probably 14 or 15 years old, and that's what I'm going for now. Like, once I get this two months of the no pot smoking, no drinking, then the next round is cigarettes and caffeine. We're getting rid of all this. Nice. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, You're cleaning your body. Sobriety yeah, has specific meanings with, within specific contexts, such as culture of many substance use recovery programs, law enforcement, some schools of psychology. In some cases, sobriety implies achieving life balance. Life balance. All right. That's what, Here we go. That's fine. See, life balance. I, I feel out of balance. 
coming back more into balance. But the, I don't, you know, it's not a struggle though. Like I enjoy it. Like that's good then. Because I, I, because when I look at that, well, that's the thing is I think it's, I believe strongly in the momentum. Like that's when you like you've been drinking for a while and you got all the momentum going with the drinking and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should. But this is like my routine now. Right. And uh, and the thing is, like, since you've done it all, it's it's just like, okay, so uh, let me try this, uh, you know, cleaning myself, you know, you know, yeah. changing a lifestyle, changing another chapter. Not saying that I'm not, you know, once in a while going to partake or anything, but at the same time, it's, you're going back to your balance, basically. It's almost like the same way I looked at acid when I was younger and first learning about hallucinogens. I now think about in terms of like not being in a natural state. Like, what is that like? <laughs> I, w I wonder what that would feel like. No nicotine, no caffeine, no THC, no alcohol, just me. Ugh, it sounds awful on paper. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people can't do it. That's true. Or you can do it up into a certain point where something catastrophic or pressure gets coming and then you need something to help cope. I think that's the big. I mean, it's easy to be sober on a you know sunny Friday afternoon. You know, when you're having fun. I no, I disagree. I <laughs> if it's a sunny Friday afternoon and I'm like, what am I gonna do with my day off? I'm like, oh, fuck. What am I gonna do? Like, cause like, Bender's opens at two. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go day drinking. Look what I'm gonna do with my beautiful day. That's sometimes. That's sometimes on me on Sunday. I can't not. I mean, my. It's like I wouldn't. I don't know what to do if I'm not. If I, I have a day off, I mean, I feel like sometimes even I take a lot of work with the babysitting on because I know I have to be sober for it. And so I think I know I won't. I think there's plenty to do. I think since, you know, we're lucky to live in this area just to get out of the city and go someplace is, uh, you know, that's what I've been trying to do instead of like, you know, Sunday fun day day drinking using Sundays for like, you know, maybe like just going exploring because there's so much to it's explore. Shabbos. I don't touch money. I don't do work. I don't answer the fucking phone, dude. See, Super Shabbos. Exactly. Well, um, dude, you're not even fucking Jewish, man. Now, now that my uh, that Jonathan's stupid football is over, I can't have Sundays back with him. They won't let me put listen to any of the. I'm trying to get the rehab stuff up. And they yeah, just rehab bartender song. They, yeah, uh, we can play that. I have it all up. So you guys are, I am, I am definitely uh, on Alta California Botanicals right now. You guys are listening to the AltaCast. You're on YouTube. Mood altering botanicals. Right now, while you're listening to this, look in the mirror and say botanicals five times and just look at your fucking face while you say it. You can't stop laughing. It's insane. This is the physical challenge portion of the altercade. <laughs> this is a uh, rehab bartender song sitting at a bar here on MutinyRadio.fm. Bartender, I really did it this time. Broke my parole to have a good time. When I got home, 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in. She was tripping on the bed. Oh. Our computer boxes are so unhappy with us and the rest of our lives. Uh, it's just what happens here at Mutiny Radio. Sometimes the internet 
goes wonky funky. It happens. It's okay. Well, it could also be the ghost in the machine saying, fuck you for playing a country song. Thanks, Steve Poggi. That was his request. I'm like, all right. It has the word rehab in it. That's fine. Oh, God. Fuck. I don't know. I don't like country music. Some people love it. You know, let them. I don't. I don't. I just went back to Missouri there for a minute. Did you? (laughs) Had a flashback. Flashing back all the way. Flashback of Southwest Missouri, the Ozarks. Oh my goodness. Yes. I don't. I couldn't even point to that on a map. Oh, the Ozark Mountains. Yeah, that's some real hillbilly country. Uh, I don't. uh, I'm. I'm trying to find some sort of. Oh, it's because the YouTube went down. It's oh, okay. Oh, YouTube went down. It's that was not us. That was them. No, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's my fault. Uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to 2, followed by Y Steinberg's Think, Grow, Love Radio. She's coming back. I'm excited for her meditation times. Uh, we, yeah, Yehudit and her, and her meditation. Good stuff. So this is the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Hola. And Steve Poggi. I want Steve a cool Poggi. nickname like Sheriff of Truth. <laughs> Man, I'm just fucking. You got Poggi. Hey, go. here's fucking old dumb face. <laughs> That's what we got. <laughs> We're gonna well sobriety. I usually I usually equate sobriety with meaning stick in the mud, but it doesn't have to be that way. No. Well, speaking of stick in the mud, can we can we talk about the game so I can maybe get some yeah, ideas from the listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because give us a call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. So here's how the game works. Um, being sober and excited, um, uh, the person that uh, I have an interest in now is uh, not. It's the same thing, like, they're not sober, like, they're far more tame in anything that I've ever done, like, they've, you know, been told what to do their whole life through academics and everything else, and I've never listened to anybody. Uh, so, we're going out on this date, and we're going to go to, uh, Point Reyes and do, like, trail walking. So, we're both performers, so I decided to make up this little game to, uh, help the date kind of move along, break the ice, and act kind of goofy and silly and stupid. So, the idea being is... You have like a plastic bag, and then you have these things printed out, and they're all rolled up. So it's just like a plastic bag with the little uh, paper balls in there. And then you know you take turns drawing one of the things, and then you have something to do. So the ones that I have so far. Do you need some ribbon? You can take some ribbon from us. So you can tie ribbon. them in the little box. There's ribbon. I'll give you ribbon so you can tie them, and it'll be make them look like oh, antique like scrolls. scrolls? <laughs> no, because then you're going to get in there to shuffle them all up and they're going to come apart. No, they won't. Not if you tie them with a little bow. Well, here's the thing. After you do the thing, you have to eat the paper. I didn't just talk about that. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So these are the activities. It's a combination of activities and questions. Uh, and it's kind of like at midnight to where like you're going to get points, but the points don't really matter. So the first one is uh, slow dance to a David Bowie song. That was top priority. I wanted to put that out there. Uh, tell an embarrassing story. List your pet peeves. Uh, who has been the biggest influence in your life? What should I know about you that I'd never think to ask? When was the last time you pissed your pants? That was a Benjamin submission. Uh, how like a how like a wolf for ten seconds? 
Tell a story from your childhood in the Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> Have a photo taken of you with T-Rex arms and post it to Facebook. Say a comics comic saw a comet on circa closed circuit closed captioning five times fast. Uh, do your best river dance for 30 seconds. Tell a story when you were scared as a pirate. Uh, draw a dirty picture on the trail. Rap about pizza for 30 seconds. Oh my god. Staring contest, reciting movie lines, first one to laugh uh, loses. Best Chewbacca impression. Tell a stranger your spirit animal. <laughs> and uh, if you got $10 million, what's the first thing that you would do? So, and then also there's like reversals or, you know, take two things. So if you have any more ideas of what you can, uh, what would be fun to do, uh, you know, let me fucking know. However you do that. Nice. Give us a call, 415 I'm going to get there. I'm going to... Be like, hey, I got this fun little game. She's like, that is the stupidest shit I have ever fucking heard of. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that, no, I think that's awesome. You date creatively. No one does that I'm anymore. I'm trying to, man, because you can't just, because uh, that's no one the thing. Does that anymore. When you don't have the, oh, let's, you know, let's just get a six pack and sit by the water. Like that kind of, <laughs> you gotta, you have to have igniters to get conversations and stuff going. And plus, I feel like if you're comfortable acting like, you know, a T-Rex in front of somebody, then you're going to be comfortable around that person, right? Yeah. There's yep. a method to this, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you, if you, you want to... the silly? If you want to get the things for the game, I, I think the best thing to do is I'm going to, like, type them out in an email. So if you want the email, I can email it to you. And then if you add more to it or if you create your own, you can submit them so we can get, like, a master kind of list thing going. Because after you've done it before, you don't want to be on another date, assuming you want to play again. And then, you know, oh, I get to do the T-Rex thing again. Like, Fuck, great, this is fun. You, know, you got to keep the ideas fresh. But they're kind of hard to think of. Well, pe making people interact, that's nice. It's like yeah. speed dating but long form. <laughs> it's like speed dating without the bath salts. <laughs> without the bath And agitation. <laughs> that would be... Someone needs to write that scene into a movie. Someone takes bath salts in a comedy. Someone takes bath salts before they go to a speed dating thing. Oh, I'm oh my sure. God. It's like an Amy Poehler feature or something, right? Yeah. Like that, that would be, be hilarious, know. actually. All right. We are about 30 minutes away from... Synchro Love with Y Steinberg coming up here on Mutiny Radio. I am so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1.27, uh, which means that it's time for you to go out to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. Boo! <laughs> Best stink in the biz. All right, we were talking about sobriety, which I certainly am not right now. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, I have plenty of fucking, I was a drunk idiot guy. One time I was at a fancy upscale friend of a friend's place, wasted as fuck again. And uh, it was like a nice, like, condo that they had. And uh, I was there, you know, like, they're like, oh, dude, this is Steve. He's our buddy. He's fun to hang around. He's just all good. And I got there, and I went into their bathroom and, like, vomited, sprayed all over <laughs> oh the toilet. God. Like, down the side of it, oh. on the carpet and everything. And then walked out and was like, all right, guys, we got to go. It's been nice meeting you. And then I just walked outside and, like, laid in a bush for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> until, until the guy, the, the girlfriend of the host came down and was like, what the fuck did you do to the bathroom? I'm like, we left. You can't do nothing about it. <laughs> we... 
You and yourself? Just me. Just me. My ride wasn't leaving. They were like, ooh, we're going to have fun, even though he destroyed the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You didn't even try to clean it up. I, I didn't have wherewith. I didn't know anything. I was so embarrassed that this happened because I was like, oh, I got to puke. But I wasn't expecting it to, like, spray out like a radius. Did you not open the seat? No, I, I don't even think I crouched <laughs> down. I just went, bah! <laughs> fucking doused everything with Cheetos or whatever I ate. All your DNA sprayed. Oh, man. Uh, oh. And your Doritos. Oh. There was that. There was one time we played uh, beer pong, but we had Captain Morgan in oh, the cups. Yeah. And I was drinking Ew. Camo XXX tall cans. I, for a while, I had a thing for <laughs> horrible liquor. So, like, Colt 45, <laughs> King Cobra 40 ounces. Some bullshit. Yeah, I, I thought bullshit. I was tough by drinking this shit. No, oh it was just very unpleasant to be around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. I don't like malt liquor. It does not go with my self. I don't. Mm -hmm. I can't Hell do no. I don't like no 40s. That shit tastes like piss. Yeah. And when it's warm, oh, even warm piss. Even like when it's Miller, it's still it's like ooh. Uh, one time I had a, a buddy that went to Europe and he went to Holland and he bought a bottle of absinthe and mailed nice. it back to me and it was like a traditional like wormwood recipe kind nice. of thing. And uh, so me and uh, my cousin's husband, who uh -oh. I think they were just dating then, and uh, one of his buddies, we meet up in Conquer somewhere. And, uh, like, you're supposed to prepare absinthe by... It's supposed to be, like, incredibly chilled, like Jägermeister, right? And you're supposed to pour it over a sugar cube to kind of cut out cut some of the bitterness right. and, like, with water and stuff. And, like, they like, have special absinthe tools yeah, that you use. Tool. You light like, the sugar yeah. on fire and then... This shit exactly. sat in my car in the sun for two days. Then we poured it into fucking oversized <laughs> wine glasses and shot it. What? And uh, it was funny. The f I, I fucking choked it down and I thought to myself... There is no, like there. I don't hate myself enough to drink this like regularly, and then the cousin's husband put it in, and it just came right back out. And then he thanked me for it, and I was like, "That's pretty nice. Like I gave you something that made you fill up. Like your body reacted as if it was Drano." <laughs> oh my! He thanked me for it. Oh hell no! Well, I had it at a bar here in the Mission years ago when it became legal or whatever here. And some absinthe company was having a party and we were like twelve dollars a piece and they were doing it with all their sugar and all yeah. their shit and blah blah and i'm like 12 bucks jesus it's not worth that much to me i think marilyn manson got into the absinthe market for like a little while he had his own absinthe we used to have absinthe at the bar that i worked at in chicago and we used to do it the classic way like that it was really fun it was it was C.S. Lewis was really big on that shit when he was doing the line of the Witch in the Wardrobe, I think. Wow. I that's think that's cool. how I had first encountered it, was looking at his Wikipedia page. That's cool. Yeah. Because C.S. Lewis was super Christian. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get so into that go. today. Wind <laughs> it down here on the botanical bash. <laughs> Jesus wasn't sober. He loved wine. Yeah, exactly. He was a good dude. Yeah, he liked wine, man. We should say something about David Bowie and stuff. Yeah. You were sad about Oh, it. yeah, dude. I, I cried like a little baby you for cried? about a day. Oh, yeah, oh. dude. I, uh, he's like, like my, he's one of my favorite heroes. Really? Totally was, yeah. My aunt took me to go see him with Nine Inch Nails when I was 14 at Riverport Amphitheater in St. Oh, Louis. Oh, shit. <laughs> now it's like fucking <laughs> Old Navy Fun Zone or something. <laughs> Some corporation bought it. Of course. Of course they did. 
this is in st louis by the way and it like changed my life it really did it was really it's really was weird. bowie headlining uh he yeah it was the been, outside right? it was the outside tour outside lands no outside tour oh outside tour. his album the tour oh, yes, oh okay yes, yes. I see where you're and it was just about. the it, opening band was just it was, awesome too it was just yeah it was really a, like what are those experiences like when you see one of your favorite artists and you're just like frozen it was like that you know and i have everything by him everything and i, I keep spinning around in this chair so <laughs> Um, but like you know I'm sorry for your loss then yeah everyone everyone's been like saying that to me like I knew him but it's weird like I, I've been reading some like the feeds and stuff and like I'm not the only asshole that feels that way so no yeah. th- actually I've been really surprised about the reaction to his loss because like you know we, Lemmy just died and uh, Scott Weiland just died but like there hasn't been the outpouring of yeah. emotions Natalie like Cole fans no, where Natalie are Cole, they yeah but I, I feel like a lot more females were into David Bowie than they were necessarily like Lemmy or Scott Weiland so I don't yeah. know if that has like it seems I, like they, it helped someone through some sort of time or something it or? Did, it, it, well if you know the thing is it's just like it you know his artistry his artistry of things too you know and what he did you know and not even just in the music but in art form and politically you know you know, he was talking about, uh, he came out on MTV, what, back in 1983, and he asked them why they didn't play va- black videos. And there's an old clip of it, too, that's been posted really? all over like the place. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then, you know, even with, like, you know, saying that he was bisexual when it was, like, such a, at a time when it wasn't acceptable to even be that or come out or play with it, you know, that's, that's something to think about. You know, androgyny, you know, that's an art form. You know, I, um, you know, a lot of my boyfriends used to wear eyeliner, so, (laughs) you know, there I go, you know, so. It feels like during that time period, though, there was more of like a, like pre-internet, there was more of like a mythology built around stuff, because it was like, there was no like endless database of information that you could just, you know, punch in and stuff, so it's like, someone would tell you like, oh man, yeah, did you hear fucking... David Bowie and Trent Reznor <laughs> hooking up, or like you'd hear all kinds of weird shit like that, yeah. and that's just like all just gone. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like playing telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, in some way, I think that's like how like legends and like urban legend kind of people right. came up. I don't think I think those are kind of over. I don't think you're gonna have that anymore. No. I think Bill Murray's you, the last dude, one. and you're just talking about well, Lemmy. Could show up at the bar anywhere. Yeah, and you were talking about Lemmy. Up. He used to always hang out at the Rainbow Club in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, you could just go there and you'll run into him. Yeah, know? but it's the, like you don't. There's no. Everyone now is a brand. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is yes. The brand. What's your logo for your brand? <laughs> it's not about the music. It's about yeah. How many yeah. cokes can you sell? And not even music. It's just it's all all artists now. Everyone's. And the funny thing about that is David Bowie hated that period of his life when he was doing that, you know, you know, when he was, you know, when he sold out, he says he hated that period. He's just like soundtrack okay. for Pretty Woman in 1990. Is that what we're talking about? No, no, he didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. He was on it. Bang. That's, that song was on the. Was that on the Pretty Woman? It was Woman on song? the Pretty Woman soundtrack. I had it Oh, the remake. Tape. Oh, the remake. The, 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 the 1991. Yeah, yeah you're right. With, with, That's mm-hmm. right. I forgot about Julia that Julia Roberts. With Julia Roberts, oh, yeah. Hate, that movie's stupid. It's, I hate it, that movie. Yeah, well, the myths that we perpetuate. Oh, gosh. Socially. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, you know, David Bowie. Yeah. And I, you know, during the time, like, with, like, uh, Let's Dance and all that, oh, uh-huh. you know, when he was always, like, always on MTV and trying to sell stuff. And, you know, he said he hated that period. You know, he wasn't creative. Right. You know, Manufacturing. Right. He wasn't creative, so he stopped doing it. But you see I so mean, many... the opportunity of the- to have money would it be so... But, but once you have but, that money and then you're not worried about it anymore, then you almost... You know, but the thing is, like, in order to do it, you have to tap dance and shuffle and act like a fool and yeah. sell your soul to somebody. Play the clown. Yeah. <laughs> dance monkey. You know... Dance magic dance. <laughs> <laughs> you move, magic move. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I can't do the I can't do the rap part. It's a double with the baby, but the bug. <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. Yes, <laughs> MC Pam. <laughs> that was a good song. But I mean, yeah, you were talking about how everything is a brand, and it's just like, and even the brand isn't even an art form. It's just like you don't even try. Yeah. It's just boring. It's excuses to get untalented people involved with talented. people. I'll run your social networks and your Twitter feeds. <laughs> I'll just put out your stuff for you. Exactly. Well, if you do have somebody working like eight hours a day to try to promote you, things, something has to happen somewhere, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's the classic thing of, you know, if you slap the Tide logo in front of enough people's faces so many times, they're going to just be programmed to buy Tide. Mm-hmm. I you think see. that's information that we got from the Nazis for like propaganda <laughs> and shit. That's what, that's what I think of all of our marketing. All of our marketing is from uh, Hitler how he was able to brainwash a country and the United States was like dude we're capitalists write this shit down Uh, (laughs) yeah we're gonna sell fucking teddy bears with this shit yep well uh, I'm just uh, I don't want to get political I just don't want to but I was talking with some comedians and Jonathan the other night and and some of the guys from FTW too Forever Two Wheels Mondays 8 to 10 and we're outside talking about like Socialism and why it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. And I said, the problem is that we in our country or in our society, we don't value work equally. And I think that work, whether it's digging a ditch or building something or taking care of someone or taking care of a baby or writing a story or whatever, okay, all of that is work. And all of that work should be equally valued across the board. And, and then the, and Ian Levy was like, well, let me play devil's advocate. Uh, what's the incentive for people to want to be doctors and all that stuff? And I'm like, well, if all the education's free and you can do whatever you want and all of your work is valued the same, then you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to work at something. And it'll eventually work out because people will want to be doctors and people will want to be lawyers and it'll all, it's just socialism. You just don't, just all work is valued the same. But people can't do that. They're like, well, the people that make my clothes, the Bangladesh, it needs to be less. Or, like, we're all people, and everybody can give their skills equally, and it bothers me. Some people's work, which is harder than ours, is valued, like, so less. Yeah, but then that would get boring. (laughs) You wouldn't have anyone to fight and cuss about. (laughs) Well, but wouldn't it be better if instead of spending time fighting and cussing, we all found ways to, like, Built together and I sound like yeah. <laughs> There's a now Boo-danicles. <laughs> if we just sat around and looked at rainbows and petted our dogs and you know fed each other's cats, this we could make this happen. Yeah. No, there's Furry there's people things. genetically that are just c- 
cunts. And that's because <laughs> yes. of those people. And as we get more people on this planet, we get more cunts, all right? Our yeah. cunt levels are rising and skyrocketing through the, the stock market's the crashing, the cunt market's rising. <laughs> and we need to, I think we should give everyone a three foot by like inch and a half stick. And if someone fucks with you bad enough and you have the capabilities to hit them with your stick, you should be able to hit them with the stick. <laughs> and you know, if, they, if they're somewhere else and you know they're away from you and they can't interfere, then you can't hit them with your stick, so you can't give them, you know? I'm just saying, if we all just hit each other with sticks, <laughs> I think we could get to the bottom of the cunt market issue. Uh, you know, I, I do kind of agree with you a little bit in that. Take there a swing. Are, well, there have been times where there, I, well, for it to be acceptable for me, and, and metaphorically speaking, to be able to be like to tell someone when they're being a cunt to be like you know i wouldn't want to use like the literal stick but if you could like actually be honest with people and they would take it and you would say like wow you are really being a cunt right now <laughs> and they were like oh i can take that feedback in some way oh no that's that's not gonna happen no one no one wants no. to hear that they're a cunt unless they're at the <laughs> rock bottom We're putting feminism back like five to seven years. We're pushing comedy forward, I feel like, at least six to seven months. Anything, <laughs> anything where it's just about one person or one group getting better shit, I, I, mean, I feel like you're like, it's like almost like a reverse racism. Like, it's not like these people should get more of this. It's like all people should be at this level. And if they're not at this level, we need to you know, make sure they get up to that level. Not like, oh, I'm a female, so I'm supreme ruler of the universe because I cut my hair short and I've got a mustache. Like, that's not, I don't enjoy that kind of feminism. I don't support those people. All right, you can blow your ethnicity out your assholes. Fair enough. I got nothing on that one. I got nothing. <laughs> See, if we had a stick, maybe we could push it down. We could figure it out. Uh, if you guys come down to the studio on. 21st in Florida, 2781 21st Street. There's this really kind of cool, weird, new art thing up, and it's all of these labor um, heroes from the world. Uh, I, uh, some of them I didn't know who they are, and, but they're all these little explanations, and they're written by uh, Bill Morgan, who is the B on Saturdays from 10 to noon, and his show is called Labor and Love, and it's all about like labor issues and and stuff. Dude, it's really sad to come down here and read these things and see the kind of shit that someone had to sacrifice their life in order to achieve. It, it's like and we take it Harry granted. Harry Bridges was gunned down because he said he should have a 15 minute break. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah, my well. god, man, that yeah. shit was fucking like it was borderline slavery, basically. Like there was not really work; it was just rich people and dumb fucks who put widgets together. And yeah, yeah. all the child labor laws, all that stuff. Like, Dude, it is really crazy. Little fingers, deft work. And you know what's weird is you would think coming down here and reading this stuff would inspire you because all these people's messages were so admirable and noble, but they all got executed. So yeah. you're just like, oh, we're, we're just an evil set of creatures is what we are. <laughs> Solar flare. Let's knock out the electricity and start over. Well, that's I think the we thing. take it for granted. I really do. I think we yeah. really take it for granted and people don't realize like these people, you know, what they did for us and then, you know, we're just all on our iPhones. Martin tap, Luther tap, King tap, Day. Tap, See, tap, and tap, I, tap. I have a theory on that. You know. 
like when you think in the terms of video games, when video games went from like Pong to like Atari Pac-Man, right? And like we've known about those, we've played them, and we've seen everything develop. But now there's kids that come out, and the first video game they play is Call of Duty Eight, where they're stabbing people in the face, and you know, but it's like that's their video game, and they don't appreciate the other stuff necessarily, you know? Absolutely, yeah, I agree. You brought it back to video games. Dude, it's all about the Mario Bros. But the thing is, I'm balanced because I still appreciate my Atari. Mm, I got Nintendo 64 like a whore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aww. I almost bought like those like stupid fake uh, Ataris like at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, where they give you like, a certain amount of games yeah. and like, a joystick? I almost got it, and I'm like, this isn't real. This is fake. Thrift stores. That's exactly. And every time when I go to a thrift store, I, I, I don't ever see one. I used to see them all the time. You got to pounce quickly, man. Yeah. You got to wait for the stars to twinkle, the sun to line up in the right shade, Mars waiting. to be in retrograde, and then, you know, you can stumble across a find. I will one day. I will have my Atari back. I was the never, I've never been a video game player. Oh, yeah. I've I, never been. It's just never. Nintendo and Super NES. Oh, man. I remember the Return of the Jedi game for Super NES. I still want to play that game. I might go home and download an emulator <laughs> so I can play that later. I just, I can't even conceptualize because I was never good at them. I just, I don't have hand-eye coordination. No one ever is. No. You must learn. First of all. No, I don't have that kind of time. Come you on, know, Skywalker. Listen, I used so to play Super, things I'd want to do. I used to play Super Mario Brothers for hours, and still to this day, I cannot get the princess, but I still try. Yeah, you still try. I still try. And people make fun of me that the fact that I still can't get to the princess. Well, you know what? If I, there was a Nintendo in front of me, I would still keep trying. And I would do it for hours, I swear. It's not about getting the princess. It's about <laughs> trying to get the princess. It's still trying. And that's on the first Super Mario, ladies and gentlemen. That's sad. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> had to break it down with my date. I was like, you know, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while. And I just got to know, you know, how do you feel about Nintendo 64? <laughs> you know, spit out your feelings now. Because they're going to come to light if you try to hide them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I just, uh, I've never, I've never cared about video games, but I don't despise them. I mean, I've watched a lot of them, but I'll usually just read a book <laughs> while, like, if, if he wants to play video games, I'll read a book. Yeah. I like to read books. I, I like books, but I, I mean, I'm an old school gamer. Yeah. I'm old school. I stop. Give me I stop. cartridges or give me death. Exactly. I'm, I'm one of those. So, and I lost everything after 1997. So that's, yeah. I just never experienced any modicum of success playing the games, and so I think I gave up so quickly because I just... Determination. Dude, interactive story, man. You got to earn your story. You got to get all the flowers. You got to get the sunshine rays and the fucking blue flute. And Otherwise, the- you don't find out what happens to Jerry. <laughs> it's like you're... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, see, about. that's like me and Pete, we play video games, but I'm the kind of person where I play video games, I immediately set it on the hardest difficulty setting possible, and then, like, let's, let's fucking play, son. Let's get some skill going, where he's, like, you know, he's putting in God mode codes and shit, and he's cheating and stuff. <laughs> I can't play with you, bro. Can't play. He's talking about, like, some of the uh, secret moves and shit, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The hitting, the hitting shit that nobody else knows. You gotta push it real good. Yeah. Dude, what you gotta do is you gotta get yourself some bootanicals. <laughs> you gotta get yourself a Nintendo 64. No, Nintendo. And a bottle of water because you're not drinking. 
And then you got to get in there and you got to hammer out Legend of Zelda. They just had a thing. Legend, oh, a blind guy beat Zelda for Nintendo 64. No way. It took him five years, but he beat it just based off of audio cues of like the guys like click, 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 as they run along and then, you know, the monster making a noise. That's, That's insane. Insane. And I guess he live broadcasted himself trying this. So it's so weird to see someone playing a video game and they're not facing the screen. Like, it's like his left ear is, like, lining up to the screen and he's just working the controller listening. Oh, damn. It's fucking trippy, man. With that, uh, this has been the Altacast <laughs> here on MutinyRadio.fm. Took us in a weird direction at the end there with the... Uh, video games. Yeah. With the video games. If you're but not that, Alta, like... you're not trying hard enough. If you're not Alta, you're... Uh, I'm definitely on that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the Altacast. Um, I'm Pam Benjamin. I've been joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truthwin, and Steve Poggi. Old dumb face. <laughs> that's my that's my radio name now. <laughs> Old, Old dumb, dumb face. face. <laughs> uh, if you want to see us later, we'll be at the SF Eagle doing open mic performance comedy. It'll be hilarious. Uh, otherwise, you can always stop by here on Fridays for Pam Tess's Comedy Clubhouse, or earlier than that for Happy Hour if you want to get a set in. If you're so inclined to that sort of persuasion. Yeah. Um, other and I'll than be that, here in February. Or I'll you're be at the here like in all the time. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's the just look on Facebook. Please just come here on Fridays and Saturdays. I like now. I feel like I'm begging them. It's a party. It's a party. It it's, a party. There's great comedians. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look
look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com. With 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts, you won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now brought to you by subliminal sf pbr the eagle sf brainwash cafe asiento and the great people at alta california botanicals have you heard of subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control graphic design Physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's Books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? 
Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. 
Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Welcome to the Think Grow Love Radio podcast, where it's all about women coaches, freelancers, and creatives growing their businesses online while balancing their family and personal lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Yehudit Steinberg here, and thank you so much for joining me here today for another episode of Think Grow Love Radio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming on. We're so happy to have you join us. What we do here. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! No, it's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman! Hey! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Hey, distinguished guests, welcome to LWAFLMOIT. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me once again, ready to talk about this year. Well, my God. Well, this is our special year end show. First off, Carl, I haven't seen you all year. Yeah, I haven't seen you since last year. It's been yeah. that long. You said I was going to see you next year, and I'm like, geez. Uh, well, <laughs> we're back. Last week, we had a special show. Our show, welcome. Our show is, uh, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube and uh, at the same in real time, and you watch the movie with us and listen to the podcast at the same time. We are on mutinyradio.fm, first and foremost. Every Sunday, 2 p.m., what a fantastic internet radio station it is. A lot of great shows. Stationed by none other than Pam Benjamin, who was our celebrity comedian last week. That was, that was a really good interview. A couple weeks ago, Carl. 
Uh, it was uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm here with Carl. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl, gosh, Carl, you did everything, including interview Pam. And it was a good interview. I never, yeah. I don't know those interviews. So I listened to it on the show myself. We are very excited. We did this last year. We're going to do this again. So last year in 2021, we saw, I don't know, 50 movies. And these are all movies that are available on YouTube. If you go to our archive, which is on mutinyradio.fm, we are part of iTunes. Uh, how did we pull that off? But you'll notice our shows, like most Mutiny Radio shows, are listed by the date it airs on Mutiny Radio. It doesn't give you a heads up which movie is happening. So this is kind of a primer. We're going to tell you the movies. Because yeah. we watch a lot of great movies, a lot of variety movies, uh, a lot of movies. Yeah. And uh, we want to uh, celebrate, just talk about it. And then uh, just let you know, like if you're interested in this movie, you could watch it on YouTube. If you're interested in us and the podcast, we will tell you the date. And actually, we're going to, at the end of the show, probably list them. So, but yeah. speaking of, so this is going to be a big show. So let's get started, Carl. January 3, 2021, we were watching Playing for Keeps. I had to ask you before the show, what the hell was that movie? And then, yeah. unfortunately, you told me the answer. Yeah, it's Harvey Weinstein. It was written and directed by the brothers, Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Bob and Harvey Weinstein. And it was Miramax, but it was at the time of Miramax before they were bought by Disney and became a mega. I mean, they were. Oh, they were it's before a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I read a biography on uh, on Miramax, uh, and it was none of the sexual stuff was kind of revealed in the book, but that was an early movie for them. And well, one of the earliest known episodes of sexual harassment by producer Harvey Weinstein happened during pre-production. And I remember talking to you about the story. You know, he uh, had some girl, lured her with, like, you can be an actress in the film, you can audition, got her to his hotel room, and then wanted to take a bath with her. <laughs> Marissa Torme was in it, right? Yeah, she was great in it. So, I mean, she was in it. Yeah, she played her role. She did her job. Yeah. But also, there was Jimmy Bayo, who's the cousin of the actor Scott Bayo. And he was also in Bad News Bears uh, Spring Training. He was like the Italian. You remember Carmen? He was Carmen because I'm they played the John Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. No relation to Scott Bayo, I think cousin, right? Cousin. Yeah, yeah, he's a cousin. So, look, what did you think of the film? Uh, it's a curio. Was, he got a lease. Right, he was a nowhere kid. He got a lease for a rundown hotel, so he gets all his friends and they go clean it up and turn it right. into. Uh, yeah. Well, and this is not. This is one of two kids uh, redo a hotel bar type of uh, movie we saw in January. Uh, it, it's a trivia question, and you have the opportunity to see it. Uh, see some prisoners movie that he did, Bob. So you know, it's a curiosity. Uh, moving forward, can we? On January 10th, we watched America 3000. Now, do we cover this? Because this was a repeat. We, with originally, when that aired, and aired about three years ago, uh, it was garbled. And uh, Carl cleaned it up. And just because it was the start of the year, we played that episode. So it's an old canon, Golden Globus movie in the future. Yeah, uh, it's one of the 1980s, like, post-apocalyptic film, like Escape from New York, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So, like... Films cashed in on that. You know, you always see that stereotype of. I, I had the poster. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in college. I had it on my wall. A president or something. Remember that? Yeah, so I didn't even see it until this show. So I just knew the image. Now there's uh, the Golan, uh, the Israeli. Golan Globus. 
Yeah. Globus. Yeah. yeah, it was those guys, the Israelis. Yeah. We should mention the Israelis are Golden Globus and uh, Canon Films, and uh, we'll be hearing more about Canon Films. Did you enjoy the film? America 3000? Uh, no, it was boring. It was one of those sandals and laser beam uh, uh, specials in the woods where there's some sexy ladies and sexy guys, and it's dull as dishwater. I, I, yeah. I was the poster but was much fun better. To watch on our show, we oh, really we were great, and it was an encore presentation. Now with clarability. Seventeen, we watched rented lit. We watched rented lips. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yes, and this is one of the many Robert Downey Sr. R.I.P. But he actually uh, directed a lot of great movies. One movie we love, Courtney Wait. Swoop, right? Was that that Francis, right? Courtney Swoop. Yeah, that was a good movie. It was. Right. What did you think of Rented Lips? This is a later film, and actually Robert Downey Jr. is the star. He's trying to, I guess it's like, it's a movie about movies, and they're trying to make a porn movie. And At there's the some... same time as they're trying to make this uh, documentary thing, they're, they're sneaking a porn film. Yeah. Oh, was fine. Martin Mull. Martin Mull was in it. Yeah. No, he I mean it's funny. Hero. And Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Um, and look, Kenneth Mars was in it. Now he's that guy in our Donnie and Marie going coconuts. He's that guy who played in uh, in Young Frankenstein as the yeah. yeah, he was really good in it. Um remember he played a reverend and okay, the only other thing is June Lockhart was in it. You know, oh, great. From uh, Leave it to Beaver? Well, lo- yeah, and Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Um, the, the house in the film was the same house they used for Christmas Story. Oh. Is that interesting? Oh, by the way, may I be the first one in 2022 to wish you, Carl? Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry for Christmas. December Merry Christmas. Merry 2022. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Right. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Oh, all right. It was fine. It was it was one of the uh it was good. It was a very professionally done Robert Downey Sr. movie. Uh it, yes. was, it was it was super produced and it was funny, but it, you know, it depends on your patience on films about films. Maybe some people tire of that. They don't want to see the writer talk about writing. Okay, January 24 of 2021, we watched the morning after. Oh, it's it's got to be. There's got to be a morning after. Got to be a morning after. That's from 1986. Fonda. That's a big Hollywood movie just sitting on YouTube. Yeah. Fonda, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Mm-hmm. Well, for a couple minutes, Raul right? Julia. Who's the body? Is it Jeff Bridges? Who's the what? The body. This is like the flight attendant. She she sleeps around and then she wakes. Okay. She sleeps with someone. And, with that guy, there was a guy who was like both a porno guy and an exercise video guy she woke up in his her his bed uh not remembering the night before and he was dead remember she got up and she was like oh it's ketchup ew yuck there's all ketchup on oh my god who poured ketchup on my bed (laughs) raul julia was like the ex-husband who was still a friend uh jeff bridges helped her out and sort of followed her on she was an ex-actress you know an ex-star and this was Cindy Lumet, right, who directed it. It was a decent movie. Oh, James Karen's in it that. It was Sydney, Sydney Lumet who yeah. did the verdict. Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. When the, he's done great stuff. Uh, yeah, this was a good movie. I was just surprised to see it pop up on YouTube. Now, the best thing to me about this episode was the celebrity comedian countdown with Anthony Quinn. 
Oh, yes, your buddy from New Jersey's own, Anthony Quinn. That's that right. was great. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen more of Late Night with Anthony Quinn. I, I'm on bed by seven. Oh, okay, darn. All right. Uh, the next, we on January 31, we, assuming you have nothing more to say about that film. No, right? no, keep going. Yeah, I want to say, okay. this, this film is, is the movie of the month. Bring we it on. watched The Zoo Gang in 85. Yes, movie of the month of January. Mike's favorite movie of, that we saw in January. Now, you corrected me. I said it was the first film to earn a PG-13 rating, but you corrected me. Well, yeah, it was Well, it was supposed to be Dreamscape, and then Red Dawn came out before Dreamscape, yeah. and I, that became technically the first uh, PGR. But you were saying that this film was in production and got the rating, so it was the, the first MTAA movie. The AA board gave it its rating. It was the first film to ever get a rating, and it got, it was, no, no, to get the PG-13 rating. Right. That was brand new and fresh. They only showed two sets of tits in that movie. Right. To keep now, it, otherwise it was R. No, it was all, no, like I saw this R movie once and there was like 57 tits. I think so. Ben Vereen was in it, right? Yeah. He's the old wrestler. This is another like young idea, like, like guys who are going to open up a club, like right. uh, the, the Weinstein movie. But this one, they're much younger. They're kids and kids, like, there's no parents. They're Carl. Oh, there you are. Uh, there's no parents. There's like, uh, yeah. No they care. have money. Ben Vereen, who was is good in this movie, mm -hmm. he he plays like the guy who owns the club, but he's kind of desolate and homeless and lives in a trailer in the parking lot and can right. take and over the club. Really own it, yeah. That's no, right. he doesn't own it. But then the best part of this movie is uh, Rorschach, that guy, uh, 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 Harley. You know the one from Bad News Bears. Yeah, but didn't you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, was, is it Skippy? Mark Price. Yeah, Mark Price, who's always known. He's a comedian. He's still around. Uh, I got to do a Zoom show with him, but ah. uh, he's, he's best known, as they say, as the role of Skippy on Family Ties. And he right. uses that. You know, he's Mark Skippy Price. But he's in this movie. This is a non-Family Tie adventure for him. And, you know, he's young, and, and the movie is unrealistic, and it's wish yeah. fulfillment. And it's really wish fulfillment. Right. The kids, the the bar sells hot dogs. Remember right. that? Like they have a big hot dog. It's like what yeah. kids want. So I don't know. And, and, and the kids get get back at the you know the bullies. Uh, yeah, it is a self fulfillment. Okay, then we move on to February, and I right. think this might be my favorite movie of the year. We saw on February seven, Going Bananas. <laughs> I uh, there's no spoilers here. This is my favorite movie of 2001 that we saw. Going bananas. Going this is the, the best movie I've seen. And there's terrible stereotypes in this film. And there's yes. terrible, uh, you know, stunts that they don't do anymore. This like uh, getting a scorpion on your cheek. Oh, <laughs> right? what about that little boy who is like uh, swinging and yeah. he falls? Yeah. And then the tarantulas come on his cheek. Yeah, yeah. Tarantulas oh. or, yeah, I think I was, well, um, I think that guy eating the onion to look top, to look like he was crazy, you remember? He was yeah. the bard. Now, this was Dom DeLuise and Jimmy Walker, and right. it was so stupid. And also, the uh, it's a it's a kind of a young boy adventure. It's a young white boy in Africa film. But to mm -hmm. be fair, this is another Golden Globus film. Any country, their film productions were in the 80s, were always kind of had the skewed warpness to it. So, and unfortunately, you see it here. There's a witch doctor, but he's a dentist. 
Right. Uh, but so he has a young ward. It's the son the, the, uh, from over the yeah, top. Ward. That's the word yeah. he used. Yeah. So this congressman wants his boy to go to Africa. Yeah. And Dom DeLuise is his concierge who's going to follow him around. And Dom DeLuise is amazing in this yeah. movie. Yeah, he is. So hold bars. And they meet Jimmy Walker, who acts, you know, like, and he's good in it. He plays, he plays it straight. Well, yeah, but he does. He is just like, I'm going to be my own. I'm going to be a stereotype. It wasn't, it's not like an African-American from America. It is a, from America, right? It, he played in all the stereotypes of the African guy, right? You know, and then then the film dissolves into a circus where they're like jumping on, uh, to escape people. They're on, they jump off the trampoline and land on horses. So now, it all well, just dissolves. Yeah. Now, remember Deep Roy. Yeah, so Deep Roy from uh, one of the worst movies I've seen, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> who played the Oompa Loompa. Uh, this is one of his first roles. And if you watch that canon documentary, Electric Boogaloo, uh, they talk about it. But he, he he was just dressed up in a gorilla suit. Right. And so he basically, yeah, so they go, they go to Safari. There's some beautiful stock footage. And then they meet up with uh, a gorilla. And this is based yeah. on an Israeli children's uh, series. And I actually watched the Israeli TV children's show where there's a guy dressed up as a monkey in suspenders. Mm -hmm. he, he lives in a family house. It's like a sitcom. So this this definitely has its roots. But I think they call him Bonzo or what was it? No, well, it was, yeah, Bonzo. Yeah. The, yeah, they call him Bonzo. It was Reagan era. Yeah. In Hippenard. So they uh, meet Bongo and he, he talks. He actually yeah. talks. Do you remember Pink Panthers, uh, the... the Herbert Lom was in yes, it. Yes, of course. Here, since we're on video. <laughs> yeah, he shoots his finger off all the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's a monkey, and he he learns to talk. And one of his first words... Banana. Is banana. Yeah. Okay, so what you got to do, you got to go to our YouTube channel, because we're going to play for you our clip of bananas stop saying banana l w a f l f o y t this is amazing this is like quality video yes this is our youtube channel you can find us on our podcast is by the acronym that we brought up mentioned up front l w a f l m o y t as well as our youtube channel Okay, now, an hour into this movie, they finally get to the point of this film. He's going to teach the monkey how to talk. That's weird. A, that is very, very late. That breaks a lot of movie rules. And these guys made, like, 50 movies a year. They should know yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. They don't know. They Leslie didn't know. So he's saying, like, I'll give you this banana if you say the word banana. And, you know, Jimmy and uh, the boy is like, come on, Dom, that's cruel. Just give the fucker the banana. He's like, no. He'll learn how to say it. Yeah. Speak the word banana. But you still won't give it to him. All right, there we go. <laughs> Again, we all know that was going to happen. It's just the response is great. Ah, finally. It's so we're all going to sleep on the hay in prison. Look at this. They have fucking flame torches and skulls, and yeah. these poor guys are chained. Like their arm, this guy's arm has been chained up there all, all throughout this. You know, Did these guys sleep in the hay. Those bars are so thick that I think that little kid could actually squeeze through. I think Rob Deep could, Deep Rob could go in there. 
Yeah, I'm not really into that. I know why you're waking me up, and the answer is no. <laughs> oh, gee. I think Mamba this Zamba Land. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, you know, it's in the description. If you hold the video cassette box in your hand, which I've done in my lifetime, it'll say, like, they tripped to Mamba Zamba Land. Is he going to okay. say banana now? No, no, but he's going to tease him. He goes, okay, say banana. And he's like, fuck you, give me that fucking banana. He's like, I'm going to fall asleep, but before I do. Bonzo. Banana Bonzo. We know, we know Bonzo. That was the movie that Ronald Reagan was in. Bedtime uh, for Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo, and that was his nickname. And this movie is like 87, like peak Reagan. Right. No, they yeah. obviously did it for that reason. Yeah. <clears throat> and and I wouldn't say it was his nickname. It was his name. Yeah, but if you said Bond President, well, if you said Bond, it's like saying like, I don't know. Oh, you mean it was the Our... nickname for Reagan, like Bonzo goes yeah. to uh, Blitzburg, Pittsburgh. Yeah. What Pittsburgh was it? Was... Bonzo goes to I saw it on my TV. <laughs> Is he saying banana now? It? Yeah. And now we get into this weird thing where Dom DeLuise thinks it's his black friend saying it. Whoa, he really said it. Yeah. And they but Dom DeLuise is like, uh, Jimmy, will you please be quiet? Stop saying banana. Yeah. I wasn't saying it. Stop See, look saying how great banana. Dom DeLuise is. He's got they're right. playing tired. He's sleeping. Right. He's, sleeping. He's a great actor. He's got his hat over his head. His eyes. Banana. Oh, for the last time. Yeah. Oh, will you stop? You would you stop saying banana? Banana. Well, if you're not saying banana and, and I'm you're not, not saying <laughs> and you're not saying then it's gotta be Ben. Ben, stop saying banana. I'm not saying it. Well, if you're not saying it, and he's not saying it, and I'm not saying it. <laughs> What about the chained up guys? Chained up guys, let me sleep. Stop. You let me stop saying banana. Humana, humana, humana. Banana! banana. <laughs> banana! <laughs> Whoa, banana. <laughs> okay, here, raise the volume. This is what I'm talking about, Dom Delavie's acting. All right, so. You hear it. So he's going to say, he's going to ask him a question where the answer is obviously banana. And the way he sets it up is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, celebrate. Like this reaction. Okay, here comes the best part. He goes, he goes what do you put in your cereal in the morning? Banana. <laughs> Whoa. But check out Tom's face. Hey, look at him. He's like egging him on. What if the answer to this is banana? Look at his eyes open. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> it's like you won he the should have deserved an Oscar. It, to set up the scene, that we should have set it up beforehand. They're in prison. There are guys chained to the wall, just black extras, just because it's canon films. They got them chained to the wall, and they're sleeping. And uh, Bonzo says banana, but Dom DeLuise keeps turning to Jimmy Walker and saying, 
please, will you please stop saying banana? And then when they actually question him, they, yeah. So anyway, that's great. So movie of the year. Let's keep going. Okay, so speaking of Bonzo, on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2021, we watched Bonzo Goes to College, 1952. A sequel. Right. Who knew? But it really wasn't a sequel, right? It was a standalone film. Reagan refused to do it because the premise was ridiculous. Oh, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you remember it opened in the beginning and he was at a um, a car? He was a carny, remember? Yeah, right. And oh, the movie is stupid as fuck. Yeah. It is just like this 1950s. They have these like guys, the rejects from uh, Abner Costello TV show. They're like hanging around and like, yeah, you can make money off this monkey. And <laughs> they do. And it's just very far-fetched. The one thing I would say is that the original movie was directed by Freddie DeCorvia, Corvia, who was the yeah. longtime producer and name recognizer on the Johnny Carson show. Like, so, right. yeah. That, he that's made amazing. this film too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't direct this. It's yeah. all right. You know, whatever. It's weird that there's a okay, sequel to well, Bonzo. Um, the mother of Mia Farrow, Maur- Maureen Sullivan, is in it. Maureen, Mia Farrow's mom. And do you remember uh, the granny on the Beverly Hillbilly? She was the maid, Irene Ryan. I really hate the Beverly Hillbillies, but yes, I do remember. Remember, and I would tell the story about how she was a chain smoker. She'd even write things in vaudeville for herself that involved smokers. She could smoke. Right. Well, that's me on stage. I'm like, hey, uh, for my next bit, I'm going to get high on stage. It's, <laughs> it's for the joke. All right. Yeah. I, I have nothing else to say. It's well, on I YouTube. Do. Okay. You remember Chris Kringle from Miracle on 34th Street? He was in this. Big fat guy with a beard? Yeah. Well, he didn't have a beard in this. He was the coach, and he was the yeah. grandfather. That's right. There's a coach. This is another monkey uh, animal movie. Has to play college sports. Now like, we mentioned June Lockhart, right? Yeah. June Lockhart's mother is in this. Ooh. Is that interesting? I guess isn't June Lockhart? Doesn't she? I think she shows up in another movie that we did last week. Well, Maureen O'Sullivan will show up in a movie later this year. All right, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So on February 21, uh, the day my father died, on February 21, 21, we watched The Clash of the Wolves, 1925. Yeah. I should preface this to say that uh, public domain is now happening again in the United States. This is, and it ha- started during the Trump, quietly back in the Trump administration. A lot of corporations had tried to push against the uh, public domain and they right, put a like moratorium Disney. on it. Like Disney, they don't really want Mickey Mouse to go into public domain, but it's usually been after 80 years. So we, uh, in 2011, uh, Library of Congress or whoever does it, I know I'm drinking Gatorade on a video, uh, but gotta get my electrolytes. So we, uh, last year in yeah. 2000, we, they, they put a bunch of movies in the public domain and a lot of them were on YouTube. Yeah. So we spent like a couple of weeks doing it and Peter we did Pan. that. Peter Pan was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so this year we watched a bunch of movies uh, that just got into the public domain in the United States, starting with Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. yeah. And what was the, the one, uh, the untouchables, the, not the untouchables, um, they were at a shipyard and then they they traveled yeah yeah it'll, it'll come to me that was in this okay. that was two years ago right 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Rinton Tin. It was in the High Sierra in Eastern California, which is famous for the Joshua tree. Hmm. Um, Rinton My old roommate. Was... <clears throat> My old roommate. Rinton... <laughs> Joshua was your, oh, Mr. Joshua Tree. Yeah. Rintintin was a male German shepherd who was an international star. Okay, he was rescued from World War I battlefield by American soldier Lee Duncan, who nicknamed him Rinty. Duncan trained Rintintin to obtain silent work, silent film work for the dog. I don't know. It was... I, it was pretty cool watching the, these fight scenes with a dog and like he mean this is before like they say no animals were harmed in the making of this film right, or humans right. but it was an interesting film it was about uh what was it jump claimers what was that term uh yeah claim? so, right he, hoppers. he didn't find gold he found some other valuable metal that was, is used for like manufacturing or something and yeah and he staked his claim and like you said whatever stake they are claim, jumpers, yeah, claim. Yeah, yeah right claim jumpers the pizza's named after the frozen pizza, and there was the comedic actor in it who was horrible. Guy was uh, trying to steal from the. It was totally all over. There was definitely like this was a survival thing. It was a pretty cool movie. I don't know, but he was definitely like just pretty broad. Yeah, For I like him too. It was cool to see the culture, but it wasn't a well-written film at all. Right. Oh. All right. Oh. See if they get Rin Tin Tin fight a man. It's really cool. Yeah, you definitely see that. That's for yeah. sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know. There's that one scene in which it's all windy and there, everything's drama. It's uh, and it came out from 1925. So gosh, yeah. Okay, so February 28th, my birthday. We watched huh. Seven Chances, 1925. Carl, Carl, I'm sorry for that year. Or you're, okay, uh, yeah, and th that was um, I always get them confused. Buster Keenan. I, Buster Keenan. I always, I actually, I remember on the show going over and over saying, "Next week we have Harold Lloyd in Seven Chances." Seven Chances is like one of my favorite movies. And yeah, I, I feel like, and I like Harold Lloyd, so I always connect it to. But it's definitely Buster Keenan. He is, uh, and it was made into a Chris O'Donnell movie, if you remember from San Francisco. Yeah, uh, yeah. He has to to get his inheritance. He has to marry by the end of the day. So he's running around town, and it's not one of those silent movies in the country. It's a city, and you get to see people in the twenties. And he's trying to hit. And there's some crazy racist and anti-Semitic jokes. That I thought the anti-Semitic joke was pretty fucking funny. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically he is he's he's stalking women. He's like following them, and he's going to ask to marry, and they'll be rich if they do. And he sees this pretty woman. And he's about to ask her, and she opens up the newspaper, and it's, it has Hebrew on it, and he walks away. <laughs> and there's another one where he turns around and sees the woman is black, and he walks yeah, away. And yeah, he walks away. And there's a lot of blackface in this movie. Now, it's this like is, his buddies. Now, this is one of your favorite films, but it is not one of Buster Keaton's favorite films. It's his least favorite film. This is interesting. Remember the boulders in the end? Yeah, you've mentioned he added that on, but it's like this death-defying feats of like running past boulders and shit like that. Yeah. That made that's like a big deal. And they're like, Yeah, I don't know. We gotta kill time. Throw some boulders on me. Well, he went to a preview and he saw that that okay, he did in the preview knock over a boulder and it rolled and he topped, you know, like it 
and he got it got a huge laugh in the preview. So that's when he he made paper mache rocks. Sometimes they actually bounce off them. You can see they're fake, but it's very good visual scene. Yeah, definitely. He didn't dislike the film, but thought the tumbling rock scene saved it. Um, Yeah. Okay. On March 7th, we had the anniversary, there was the anniversary of the festival, the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's right. It was in the heart of the pandemic when we aired, uh, we finally aired our show. Uh, It happened in March of 20. Carl came up to San Francisco and we did it live. And this was actually a bunch of comedians and we watched San Francisco related shorts. I would just say, go to iTunes, go find our March 7th episode, 2021, and just listen to the episode yourself. This guide is for the movies and the dates, but it's a really good episode. It's chaotic. It's different style. And you really get to see Carl and me live. uh, Hear us uh, with a bunch of great comics who I'd never remember. But they're there. (laughs) We watched on March 14th, 2021, we watched King of the Mountain. Yeah. It's a great movie. But the thing is, from this movie, you fell in love with this director, Noel Nosek. And we would go on to watch two more of his films. Yeah, that's regrettable. Uh, This guy, uh, the director, what's his name again? Noel Nosek. By the way, this is how old New Jersey guys hang out with the e-vapes and Gatorade. Uh, Yeah, the the three different movies we watched... uh, different theme altogether and maybe a little tonally different like this one's like a the drama and it's basically guys racing around mahal and drive and yeah it, has it was drunk a real Dennis hopper yeah very drunk dennis hopper. yeah so it's it's good you know it's a it's a good pot boiler uh i recommend it now harry hamlin was in it right i remember yes. we were making fun of it like he botoxed his face or something like he has no facial expressions remember yeah, he is a weird-looking dude. This is in the early '80s. How about that? Yes, and he he was uh, Clash of the Titans, mm-hmm. right? Now Dennis Hopper, you're, he was drinking and drugging throughout the film. Remember, he's got those scenes in which he talks crazy, right? But it's scary. Not yeah, I mean, it's scary because you were saying that he was actually drunk when the racing scenes, when he's in the car. Okay, there's this one incident in which he took a six-pack of beer, put it in his car, and they had cameras, you know, because they were they were supposed to film. Yeah. So he took off Mulholland Drive, and he went away for like an hour, hour and a half. Not the, you know, it was 15 minutes of footage. The shit had stopped, and he just kept going. And when he came back, the six-pack was empty. All the cans were in his... Uh, nice. Well, you know, he's... Just an even evenly stroll down the drive. So yeah, I would recommend it. Uh don't go away. I'm here. <laughs> Grizzly Adams was in it. The the Is animal? That no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean uh I'm... Dan Haggerty, he was Grizzly Adams. And the funniest thing ever about him is once his beard caught on fire in his one of the restaurants he owned because some lady was carrying a flaming cocktail. Oh, his yeah. and his beard went. Oh. Yes. oh, was he one of those celebrities that had his own restaurant chain? Yes, yes. Yeah, love it, mm-hmm. love. It. Um, I oh, I already told you the story about. Uh, okay, so it was based on an article by David Barry that was published in the Los Angeles Times Thunder Road, uh, 1978 article, New West Magazine by David Barry, also titled Thunder Road. And so it was a real thing. Guys would race Mulholland Drive. 
Now, there was a whole subplot about music, remember? Yeah, that's right. And I was yeah, that's right because because it was uh, it took place in the in the hills, Hollywood Hills, where there was a real was music scene. Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, yeah, right. Of course. Dog on my, my heart. Years, I was just thinking of that. In my years in Los Angeles, you know, uh -huh. I know that Mulholland Drive snakes straight through the canyon. That's what we used to call it, you know, back in the day, the canyon. Oh yeah, that's right. Canyon. Yeah, and so they have a lot of musician pads and nice Houston houses. Music. Yeah, Don't right. There's a whole music pod cool. in there. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm sick of this movie already. Okay. In okay, so Mike got the Noel Nussick bug. I did March, because his films are so different and weird. Yeah. March 21, the first day of spring now. Uh-huh. March 